it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If I'm gonna Benny. be muted for this episode, I'm gonna be fucking. Terry doesn't pissed. know that he's muted. <laughs> this is this is such yeah. Let's shit. have this conversation, JP. Lower, what do you think yeah. about the recruiting? Stop it! Stop it! You can hear me. I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> Nice way to treat your friend on Christmas, guys. Or on <laughs> Boxing Day, I guess. Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day. What a day. What a celebration. What a, what a day indeed. Boxing Day was even better than Christmas Day. Oh, man. And I don't even know where to start. We got so many presents. Oh. So many presents. And bo- Boxing I- Day, do you box people or is it about boxes? I think you're boxing up all the presents that you didn't like to bring back to the store. Oh my god! So you punch I the presents what it is. until they get re- their way back to the day. store. That's absolutely not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> or breaking down the boxes. Bre- breaking breaking down the boxes, or no, it's unboxing additional presents that you may not have got. That may just be a day late. But still, right on time, like Jordan Anderson committing to Oregon State University. Oh, that, I'm looking yes. at the Boxing Day Wikipedia right now, and here, yeah, oh, uh, a true wow. tradition started in the Paris of the Pacific Northwest on December 26, 2023, in honor of four-star recruit Jordan Anderson committing to Trent Bray and the Oregon State Beavers as a Christmas present the day after Christmas. Yep. And there's, there's another. For further disambiguation, there's an article here for the ghost of Christmas way future we hage uh, that <laughs> I th- you and I, I also the evil bone lord Skulletrix or something. I'll, I'll I'll save that part for later, but that is what uh, Boxing Day is in celebration for, especially on uh, this podcast and all throughout all of Beaver Nation because. While most of the world takes time off December 24th and 25th, as we did, <laughs> Oregon State recruiting kept going hard in the paint. So, you know, what a what a couple of days. We first decided to for sure record on this day just to keep the momentum going and do some Sun Bowl prep. But we actually have a lot of news we need to get to. Um, <laughs> Endless presence, but we'll get to all of that first. I want to hear from you guys a little bit first, though. We are recording this on the evening of December 26, 2023. Boxing Day. Boxing Day. A day celebrated after Christmas Day, occurring on the second day of Christmas Tide. Boxing Day was once a day to donate gifts to those in need, but it has evolved like to become a part of Christmas festivities with many people choosing to shop for deals on Boxing Day originating wow. in the United Kingdom and celebrated in several Commonwealth nations, including Beaver Nation. 
The attached bank holiday or public holiday may take place on the 28th of December if necessary to ensure it falls on a weekday. That's my kind of holiday. That is um, my kind of holiday. Absolutely. Boxing Day is also concurrent with the Christian festival, St. Stephen's Day, in honor of JP beating our friend a Aaron Balake, mm. a.k.a. Aaron Stevens, in our Fantasy League semifinals to make it to the championship. Oh, where yeah. he will meet me. Oh. <laughs> so they're in a fight, JP. Yeah. So Only one know, of us can live. Well, there will be an episode 123. We know that because these are two-week matchups. So. Two aggregate playoffs. It's like mm. Champions League, UEFA, but with more money on the line. Yeah, but there's <laughs> certainly not going to be an episode 124. I don't know if our friendship will survive this one. I don't know. I don't know. If, have, have we met in the championship before? I don't think so. It's been it's been years. Yeah. It will if, just be if, if me by myself with a Sacco trophy. You didn't get last. I lost oh, I to guess, Ted, who I was guess last. Did. I feel like the last place trophy needs to be a regular season award, though. Yeah. Dude, no one I cares about the a, consolation ladder. Yes, they do. Such a good, they shouldn't. <laughs> I bet. I bet my team scored more than both your guys' teams this week. It's just the last week my team scored like sixty points. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Well, when you usually score sixty points in the first playoff game, there's generally not another playoff game. No. Um, I guess that's Sad not truth. true in a seven-game series. But, yeah, we are not gathered here to talk shit about the fantasy championship oh. matchup between JP and I. Though we can. It yeah. is the last episode of 2023. Whoa, it's the last episode of season three. It's the last episode of oh. season three of this great drama, uh, critically acclaimed drama that is the belligerent beeves. We'll be back for season four real fucking quick <laughs> after the new year. But yeah, this is the last episode of 2023. Only a few more days for JP to say it's 2023. And that was such a good resolution. This is a year that definitely happened. <laughs> a lot of shit took place in it. I'm not even ready to be like, fuck this year. A lot of people are like, fuck this year. Can't wait for the new year, whatever. Oh. I'm, happy about a lot of things that happened in 2023 several of which that happened over the last two days that we're gonna get into that i'm excited about we also had a great miss last thursday thank you to everyone who tuned in yes. to that and celebrated with us on that thing that used to be called twitter and used to be like a 90 percent dumpster fire instead of a 99 percent dumpster fire and helped make it less so for one night, if one night only. Twitter yeah. was a really fun place. It was that was a great belligerent. That was really fun, and and really appreciate everyone that showed up and showed out for belligerent. I feel like we had a lot of interaction from the folks that were were in that spaces. So we certainly appreciate all all that interaction. It means a lot to us. Yeah, and the fact that we went over two hours and people stuck around. Some of them were there the entire time. They yeah, actually put up I with know. all of our bullshit for two hours. So props to y'all. Thanks for spending time with Tell us. Tell me you hate spending time with your family over the holidays without telling me you <laughs> hate spending time with your family. Just kidding. <laughs> it was Thursday, December 21st. So there is a little bit of a cushion before Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, but speaking of that, we're going to get into the good news commitments that 
came Beaver Nation's way on December 24th and December 25th and December 26th. Um, but how was your guys' Christmases? It's out like people were celebrating, things were merry, lots going on. I know we had lots of uh, family things to get to uh, until we got here. I think we're all kind of riding off of the holiday fumes right now. But lot, lots of parties and boxes and tags and gift wrap. And I'll promise I won't turn this into another Christmas poem. Uh, <laughs> but how, 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 were your, how were your guys' Christmas Eves and Christmas Days? I want to hear about it. Yeah, uh, it was. Go ahead, Ben. It, mine will be quick. It was good. I, I do a lot of the holiday stuff earlier in December. So... It, it was nice and very relaxing. We actually, Yuri and I went over to her folks' place in Bainbridge today to celebrate sort of the holidays in general. So that was fun. Always very relaxing over there. But yeah, just very chill for me. Yeah, not so chill for me. It was chill. <laughs> it, it was chiller than last year when my entire sure. family came down with neurovirus on Christmas, even Christmas Day, <laughs> including myself being knocked out for the entirety of Christmas Day and leaving my leaving it up to me to handle all of the duties of parents on Christmas Eve with my wife being knocked out early. But yeah, this was a good it was a good year. Just super, super busy. We we're all over the place. Went to my wife's parents' house for Christmas Eve dinner, went to my wife's and uncle's house for Christmas dinner. And yeah, like, the, I guess one fun highlight, which was oddly terrifying for me, was at my, my kid's school, my older kid's school, the Mini Bay School, they asked, they asked us if the baby Ruby wanted to play baby Jesus in their like nativity, like Christmas Eve nativity skit. They and had we were like, a real baby. Oh man, that's oh, that's lit. Wait, wait, wait. So, so we were like, oh, oh uh, yeah, we'll think about it because we like don't church on Christmas Eve or really that often at all. <laughs> and so we were like trying to be like, uh, like we'll let you know and like see if they just found somebody else. But like the next day at school, everybody's like stopping me after I drop off the kid, and they're like, hey, I heard that Ruby's gonna be the baby Jesus. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought Annie had like confirmed it. Anyways, we got thrown into it. They had real animals in the church. Real, wow. real animals. What? So, real it's donkeys. The most, like, is James Cameron directing this children's Dude, nativity play? <laughs> they, the had a, they had a goat, an alpaca, and a donkey. And uh, they had an alpaca in the again, church. That's just yeah. Portland. They just had to go like two houses down to find all those animals. Let's be real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, my daughter was terrified of the the oh poor uh, seventh grade girl who was playing Mary, Jesus's mother. And every time she was handed off to Mary, Ruby would scream cry just nonstop. <laughs> So I'm sitting there, Annie and I are stressed. Like, this is free. That's why you use a cabbage patch, kid. This is free program. <laughs> We're like, is she going to scream cry? This is going to be so embarrassing. And as Annie's trying to, like, hang out with the other kids who were par participating as well, the donkey outside in, like, the outside of the church took a massive dump, a watery dump <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> It got. I already know this is gonna be the 
headliner that is randomly selected to highlight this episode. That's Listen, the best part about this in real it, time. It splattered all over the floor, like not just like straight down, but like splashed. <laughs> and it got one of the poor like fifth graders' shoes, like covered his shoes. He was supposed oh, to be no. in the in the play. And covered his shoes. He was in absolute shock. It like splattered so far. I got like a little bit on my wife's shoe. And wait, this is like, inside the church. This was outside of it. So they oh, were okay. like, this was right before they all went out. So I'm sitting there with the baby trying to keep her calm before they go out. The donkeys are taking huge craps outside. And then they all start going. Everything actually went pretty well with the baby. I was impressed. I was really surprised. Truly surprised that, that she didn't scream cry the entire time. Uh, she did in any of the practices. But right at the, they walked the animals at the aisle, then to the front, and right in the front, the donkey took another shit. Right in the middle I mean, of the aisle. <laughs> you can Wait, actually this go see this live streamed. Is this, is this in a sanctuary or like a school auditorium? Oh, no, it's in the church. Okay. Dude, yeah. that is so crazy. Yeah, is this the, priest... the first year that they had live animals no, there? they've always had live animals, and there's a new priest, and he was like, when they told him that they do live animals every year, his face, I guess, was like, what? Like, no, 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 oh. no. We're not, like, going to do that. I'm sorry. this might be the last of, yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get to see much because I was waiting backstage, essentially, for the baby to come back yeah. into my arms, and... I watched the live stream later to see how my other kids performed because I couldn't see them either. And that's when I saw that the donkey took the, the second crap. But the priest was like filming it with his phone in the middle of church. He was like laughing and filming the whole thing. I've, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like it. It was definitely a highlight of my Christmas. The most surprising part of any of this is that you were hesitant to have your child chosen as a representation as the son of God. <laughs> I feel like your ego would have said in a heartbeat, like, yup. But. Well, I did feel that way when I was there. Right. I, I did feel <laughs> like God. Dude, that is, that's so fun. What was the mini baby? What, what role did he have? Oh, he was a sheep. And so, Whoa, so, was, <laughs> so was Penelope. <laughs> Were they like the animals and the people playing animals can go hang out with each other? <laughs> so this is like when they asked they asked Penelope if she wanted to be an angel. Like all the little kids that weren't in the school yet, they're angels. Did she get in trouble when she said, "I'm a demon"? You know, she said, "I don't want to be an angel. I want to be a monster." <laughs> Middle child energy, baby. Yeah, yeah. So she ended up a sheep, uh. and. If you watch the live stream at all, you'll notice her like start to kind of wander on the stage. She like <laughs> she put her the 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 costume was, it was like this sleeveless like sheep white outfit with like a hood, and like at some point she got cold and put her arms inside the costume, so she was just like this like armless little tiny girl up on the stage, and then she just like turned around and was like facing away from the crowd and like walking up the steps <laughs> of the altar with her arms inside of her costume. Yeah. She, I don't know if she'll be invited back to act, but baby Ruby. Yeah. She's, she's on her way to Hollywood. She did a good job. That's so funny. Yeah. She's able to turn, turn down the, the cries and the screams and save that shit just for rehearsal. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Ruby's a performer. 
Yeah. She knew when it when it no, was time. No, I'd to turn say it up. Poppy sounds like a performer too, just on her own terms. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> much so. Well, you that's I probably fun. had the most polar opposite Christmas Eve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched the Comey rule. Yeah. On no, no one pooped on the floor unless it was Ben himself. In which case, he was like, you know what? Sometimes that just happens. But I'm the only one awake right now. <laughs> um that's really fun i love wait, so there is a live stream of this we how how are we we need to publicize the link on all belligerent beefs channels yeah i gotta figure out what the link is it's just something like the nativity christmas eve 4 p.m or something like that and then if you skipped like 45 minutes in because it was like filming the whole time i guess when people were coming in but that's when it all starts <laughs> and that's when you right. see the donkey take a crap on the live stream just right like in in the middle of the feed that's so funny yeah dude i so i was when i was over at yuri's folks's house today so yuri's family is jewish and her dad is a photographer and he photographed a midnight mass i guess on christmas eve and was asking me just about like my experience at church especially around christmas time and like I think like most kids, church was excruciating when you're <laughs> yeah. a kid. And but I was like, but Christmas time was sort of the exception. Like sometimes like the music slaps. The church the, Christmas the music, music does, does slap. slap. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Okami Manuel was yeah. was fucking jam for me. But yeah, Christmas time, like church at Christmas time is is fun. I like it. It's festive. But you didn't go. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> no, the Comey roll is on. No, <laughs> exactly. No, he's too busy taking shits on his floor at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch any? Did you watch any Christmas movies, Benny? Not necessarily on Christmas Eve itself, but just this Christmas season. Yeah, the Home Alone one and two is is a staple for sure. Gotta, I watch you, that every year. You gotta watch them both every year. Yeah, I'm always surprised at how many like famous quotes from, especially Home Alone one people yeah. use on keep, like a keep the basis. change of filthy animal keep the change of filthy animal i said um, that to every single pizza oh. guy who came to our house in my childhood and really really regret it after you know like because imagine like i thought i was being funny like oh i'm the sassiest most like wittiest six-year-old there is and it's like if you were delivering pizzas in the early to mid '90s, you heard that from every punk ass kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so clever. House. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of that movie, you have oh my god! Oh, was that uh, what? What's that called? Wait a minute, uh, what is that actually called? The Angels with filthy. Angels with filthy souls. Yeah, it's upside down, JP. Souls. But we can read it. Angels with filthy filthy souls. Is that right, Santa? Oh. I know I yeah. yeah, and I know I heard that name Snakes. Listener JP is holding an actual cassette tape of the movie Angels with Filthy Souls, which is the movie that Kevin McAllister is watching in the actual Home Alone movie. It's rubbish. I'm watching <laughs> rubbish. Wait, wait, wait! You have to look at the rating. It's rated R for sure. Yeah, is, is that in focus? What's happening? I'm no. in, it is in focus. I can see it. What it says next to the R? I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, it says two, 10. JP, give me Tommy gun noises. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Scared Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern off of my back stoop. Wait, what? What happens? What? What happens when you put that in? Because it's a it's a fake movie that they made for Home Alone. Yeah, right? it, it's like it's. Uh... Oh, I thought it was a real movie. No, no, no it's, it's a, a fake, fake movie made for Home Alone. So this is like a prop yeah, of like... a fake movie. But even the rating, it says rated R for rubbish, violence. If Uncle Frank says no, then it must be real bad. Fuck Uncle <laughs> Frank. Every time it's... I watch that movie today, I'm like, Uncle Frank, you sack of shit. I'll have to Dude, send you guys. I... I got this last year right as Christmas ended. And it's like somebody made it as like literally like a decorative prop. But it's hilarious. The little Easter eggs on the back. It says like approved by the American Dental Association. It's got the cast of, like <laughs> Ralph Footy is Johnny, Michael Guido is snakes. Like it's got uh, everyone on here. So we uh, gotta find a VCR. I've heard like, that there's, name. There's gotta be more Easter egg. Like it has to be a functioning VHS. Like if you pop it into a VCR, I it is. But they said like it might. It. It's gonna be just a movie like that they grabbed off their shelf. Like whoever made this, like it's oh, definitely like a handcrafted prop. Oh. But oh, it, it looks great on a shelf at Christmas time. So it it has like yeah. the it has something like the fuck like the Watergate newscast on it. Like it could, whatever yeah. was whatever was the breaking news story when we first had VHSs as a society. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that that is that might be one of my favorite just movies of all time. And when I was watching, it, I was like. Home Alone is a good movie, but it's more about the nostalgia of of watching it than anything. And then I started watching the Christmas story because like when I was young and you look like my you, parents, you look like the kid. Yeah, I look like Ralphie, like a lot, a lot like Ralphie when I was growing up. And so I wanted to show Yuri because she had never seen it before. And like 10 minutes into the movie, I was like, no, this movie is actually don't like really, that movie. really not good. Me and Sam <laughs> yeah. got in an argument about that this Christmas season. I was like, that movie's mid at best. At it's best. Just, it was just whatever, TBS or whatever station was like, oh, we'll just play it for three weeks straight when it's yeah. Christmas season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Friday after day, next Christmas is a day. Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. I watched, I did get Home Alone and Home Alone 2 in this season as well. I, of course, got Muppet Christmas Carol, which I have to watch every year. It's my favorite Christmas movie. We talked about A Christmas Carol last episode. And then I also just did, put a, a little reference that I thought of on our on our socials today in honor of the end of A Christmas Carol. I felt it was appropriate for, for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tiny Tim of that story where, you know, Looks like abandonment, left for dead, no hope, and then surprise, bitch, we're the hero of the whole thing. Um, I played Tiny Tim in my K through eighth grade Christmas play when I was in the third grade. Did Did they they get real Gary? Did they get real ghosts (laughs) to play the ghost of Christmas past? Did they have feet? Present today? Did they have feet? And did it? Did any of the Muppets shit everywhere? No, but they gave me like a basically a green man suit with no clothes on top, and that like I don't do well in front of crowds anyways. But being a what I was in, uh, so that's interpreting as a a naked as as a naked frog. Was it, dude? It was so scary. I I think I've been like, told be a, that I didn't frog? go up. Yeah, because it was a Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, you did a, It was a complete retelling of a Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, I was, love that interpretation of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
that your chaperone or teacher back then was like, no, we're not going to honor that this was actually a real book written by a real guy. We're doing a retelling of the Muppets retelling of the original telling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, we need, we've got shit we need to talk about. Um, really exciting couple of days for Beaver Nation, specifically or Oregon State football. Let's run through this Reagan beer segment real quick. I made some pretty damn good uh, holiday cocktails for friends and family over the last couple of days, but those have all all gone dry at this point, but we did have some very festive drinks and uh, some very strong Manhattans as what happens when you spend Christmas Eve with with Mr. Horseman, uh, my dad, and they were they were they were very tasty, and had Manhattans by the fire until, and just talked about Amari and York and Jabari Johnson and uh, and and others <laughs> that we'll get into later. But so I just have you know nice cold beer left in the fridge, and this one I have a uh, Montucky Cold Snacks, oh, best can ever. Which is a great can. Look at that majestic steed just yeah. galloping into the mist of Avalon. Um, is the cold which, snacks, it's cold dried poop? Yes. Just donkey shit. Uh, the official, unofficial beer of Montana. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just a very good light beer made in Montana that's also nice. cheap. And Ooh. it's not it's not poopy. Uh, so I was I was joking. That's good. Um, it's 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 very delicious. So I wouldn't want that for you. Montucky cold snacks. Very very nice sunset in this in this can, and yeah, the can the can has layers as you can see. So we like love that. we love a beer can that tells a story. Yeah, that's kind of the theme of yeah. this podcast. So I am drinking a delicious Montucky cold snacks to celebrate mm. this Boxing Day. JP, how about you, my good man? I'm drinking a double mountain, not double IPA. Fa la 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 winter ale. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> how how many laws in, in the in the title of, of that there? Four, I don't know. I've had a few, three? so I think there's four. <laughs> it's you add a la with each one you have. So this is a follow la 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 la. <laughs> how does it compare to a jubilee? Hmm. I like Jubilee better. Yeah. This one's got a little more malty taste, which I used to like, I guess, more. And when... Like, does Fat Tire have a malty taste? Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was trying to think about what I can compare it to, and it definitely is closer to Fat Tire than what you'd get for some of the more, like, current trends for yeah. flavor profiles for beers. Right. But it's still a good winter ale. I kind of like the great... richness of it. I love having those beers in the wintertime, especially during Christmas, but, like, I know you got you might be used to this, but it's been like fifty degrees and rainy here. So we had no snow on Christmas, just wet, wet rain. Just wet, 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 mud. wet mud bay. Um, so I just I haven't even gotten my winter coat out yet. It just didn't feel like Christmas. Whatever. So winter my my palate will probably crave that in like January when you know, we'll probably go from this to like fifteen below zero instantly with nothing in between. But yeah, I haven't been, haven't been able. I've, I feel like it's very weather inducing when I want a Jubilee or any of those sort of Christmassy, wintry, festy beers. Yeah, but yeah. I do like them. It does help. Yeah, yeah. 
you got to be in the right setting. Right. To really maximize it. it. It's still good without the setting, but yeah, sure. it definitely, it gives, it bumps it up like 0. 0.4 out of five. Yeah. I, I, I was... think fat, fat Tire was my first like favorite beer, I think. Yeah. 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 I uh, really like Fat Tire. Yeah. Fat yeah. Tire, I feel like is a common like, oh, I first should probably drink, I should probably drink something besides shit. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a bottle that looks nice. <laughs> yeah, Nothing wrong with I guess. fat tire, of course. Yeah, but I, fat... I remember that too. Like turning like twenty was like, oh, I need to. <laughs> I'm still not old enough to drink legally, but like I need to drink real beer now. Enough of this bush light shit. <laughs> <laughs> I drink fat tire because yeah. I'm a grown up. Yeah, New <laughs> Belgian. I don't think they'd be considered a craft brewery. Well, they probably weren't then either, I... but. I think yeah, they've they been might, bought, they, right? They might, they might be back to being. They might produce too much to yeah. get that distinction, but yeah. definitely, yeah. In beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado, which we will not have an away game because I just remembered we are hosting Colorado State and not playing yeah. at Colorado State. We'll probably play at Colorado State again sometime soon, though, and I will go there yeah. for that game because Fort Collins slaps. Benny, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, how are you celebrating Boxing Day this evening? Uh, I have a uh, a tasty, regular Coca Cola. It's yeah. not even a Santa can. What are you doing? Well, it's oh. um, it, it is the season of Coca Cola being advertised using animals, specifically polar bears. And Trent Bray has had an animal of a first month <laughs> as the head coach of Oregon State's football season, which may be a good segue into our first segment. <laughs> We have to cheers <laughs> first, but I love it. I I haven't seen the polar bear or the, any of the Santa cans this year. Me maybe neither. I'm just not. I'm not. Maybe I'm just not buying soda at the same rate that I used to. Yeah. But I used to really look forward to the Santa cans. All right. Well, cheers to this another great Reagan beer segment. Another great year, year three of this damn podcast. Yeah. And happy new year to you and yours, Beaver fam. And thank you for riding with us through all of 2023. JP, please give me five seconds of the New Year's song. It has some Latin name that I'm forgetting right now. Auld Lang Sing or something. Uh, just five <laughs> seconds of it. It's, you know, it's it, it's deserved. Lahayam. Cheers. What's the New Year's song? Auld Lang It's like, you know, like... <clears throat> and like the the words you didn't of that, hear and I just played it. Like, are in... yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> oh, just that's revealed song. to the listener that that's added in post production and not live. <laughs> Our credibility <laughs> has just gone to shit. Oh no! Um... <laughs> that song, Benny. We just sang it together ah, as a family yes. slash podcast. Ah, uh, my memory is short. Benny, do you want to talk about Jabari Johnson or Jordan Anderson first? Or just oh, talk Jabari. about both of them together? Let's, Let's talk about Jabari. Go. Tacoma announced... stand up. Tacoma stand <laughs> up. We love Tacoma. Tacoma Mockingbird, as as the famous book is should be called. Uh, Jabari Johnson announces on Christmas Day, yeah. uh, 100% committed to the Oregon State Beavers. We had talked about the quarterback position a lot this offseason. 
Oregon State linked to names like Malik Murphy and to Ty Thompson. Obviously got another transfer in Giovanni McCoy from the University of Idaho. <clears throat> right now, it is expected that the spring camp, fall camp competition will include McCoy and all signs from people who know more than I seem to say Ben Branson's coming back. He, he doesn't need to. He's accomplished a lot already as a student and as I would still also say as a football player. But it sounds like Branson is coming back, at least as early tea leaves would indicate. And then Jabari Johnson. So that's kind of the big quarterback news we've been waiting for this offseason. A little bit less tape on, on Johnson than Murphy, obviously, and a little bit, quite a bit less tape than the big transfer news of last offseason when DJ Uyunglele announced his intentions to transfer to Oregon State. But this is a connection that we got because of new offensive coordinator Ryan Gunderson. And I'd say we're all pretty damn excited about it. And I think we all have to feel pretty good about this quarterback situation, given where we were a month ago. I know maybe the cynics who listen to us might get frustrated about always pointing to that position, just where we were that day after the Civil War game, that you know really, really dark Saturday. But I don't think anyone really thought that we'd be here about four weeks later with a four-star transfer from Mizzou coming with intentions to start and to do really incredible things for, for this football team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jabari was ranked as the number two dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, went to an sec school, didn't get very much playing time there, but I mean, I, I do have to shout out like local Tacoma kid. That's awesome. Little known fact, I I bought my olive trees through the Lincoln High School plant sale they have every spring. Mm, Jabari went to Lincoln High School. So, yeah. But look like... Good good olives, too? Well, they're still growing. I I bought the trees when they were very small. But, like, I'm so excited about that. I I was thinking about Oregon State. Like, Aiden was going to be Oregon State's first dual threat quarterback since tim alexander back in the late 90s and like that is i feel like an offense is so much more fun and exciting to watch when you do have a dual threat quarterback and all indications are pointing to jabari being one of the best and uh, i don't know man like you need somebody as talented as the players around him in that position right and when you have dame and now you have malachi and jordan at lining up as receiver like dude this this offense is going to be so fucking fun to watch next year and and look like let's not forget about mccoy either like mccoy was the the big sky freshman of the year his freshman year so he's no slouch but jabari's just so special i've like i've tried to go back and look at articles written about him as he was graduating high school and i mean the what the local writers have to say is that jabari is special in a way that they hadn't seen before and i I don't think that you can 
say, well, he's a four-star number two dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, but he's X stars or whatever number dual threat quarterback as a transfer. He didn't get any playing time in Mizzou. So I'm very, very excited about that. The past his ability to play the position and be exciting, I do think it's telling that one of the reasons that was reported why Oregon State landed him other than his relationship with Ryan Gunderson is that he did want to be closer to home. And I think that is probably a topic that that we'll cover a little bit here. But the way Oregon State is rebuilding this team that felt like it was gutted just a month ago is that they're getting kids that they're not having to beg to come play here. They're selling them on something, and and that is, they're getting kids that want to be in Corvallis. They're getting kids that want to be part of this program. And I think Jabari, Jabari and Jordan are like the foundational elements of something special being built right now. So I don't, you know, I know you guys have stuff to say, but I, I'm just over the moon excited for this kid to see what he can do. And excited to see just that that melding of a relationship between him and and the Beaver fam. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I love the fact that he's semi local. I I think that it plays a bit towards him having at least some understanding of what kind of implications the school has been facing and will continue to face, especially while he is playing there. Given you know, there might be some kids who are back east. They go into the portal, they see Oregon State, they kind of heard what's going on, but they don't really get it or they don't really pay too much attention to it. They transfer, realize, oh, this isn't what I want to do. What like I made a wrong choice because now I don't want to be part of this like iffy, you know, situation, which obviously has a lot more clarity the last week than it did two weeks ago. And, and so I think that that's a testament to the stability that the program is actually facing behind the scenes that somebody like Jabari would use uh, Oregon State as a school to come closer to home, given all the public knowledge around their circumstances. I want to say, like, obviously the relationship with Gundy, which is who knows how deep it really was, if it was just familiarity versus if there was a lot of like affinity towards each other. I don't know how well they got to know each other. I mean, I know UCLA never actually offered him, so it, they didn't get that far, I would imagine, if that wasn't the case. But they, they they knew of each other. Obviously, that means that Johnson knew about Gunderson's coaching style, the success that he has had with dual threat you know, mobile quarterbacks. DTR is a great example. Like That kind of uh, skill set is very similar to Johnson, so there's a likelihood that, yeah, he's going to shine and thrive un under Gundy. And similarly, like you mentioned, like with Aiden and, and the excitement around Aiden being a dual threat and, and Jabari filling that uh, hole that was left. And I think he did it more than just being you know, a dual threat quarterback. I think looking, you know, obviously this stuff doesn't matter much, but even transfer forward ratings, high school ratings, everything is almost in parallel, like in lockstep with Aiden's progress and ratings and everything else. And so really, like we almost picked up exactly where we left off and who knows where the, what direction it goes from here. But I think that Beaver fans should be just as excited about Jabari Johnson if they're not already as they were 
for Aiden Childs, if not more, just because this was a decision he made under these circumstances to be a beeve. Yep, right. I think that, that carries and, a lot of weight. And I think a lot of this speaks to everything we were hoping for when we were talking about who could replace Jonathan and all of us really wanted Bray <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons, but also that it was kind of the best combination of, we think this guy can be a hell of a coach for, for now and for always, but also it's the most important two year stretch arguably in any program's history. I know there's a bit more, at least a shred more stability with Oregon State, Washington State coming out on top of the lawsuit, but it these next two years worth of games have a lot of stakes attached to them. And Bray we wanted because we wanted to limit the mass exodus of any players leaving. It seems like I would argue that that's been accomplished. I think I've gone back and tried to look at transfer portal trends when coaches get fired. Uh, there's obviously so much data on that in the last five years because uh, <laughs> if you've noticed in college football coaches get fired a lot and especially in the last five years players transfer a lot and we've lost some really beloved great names and I don't want to diminish those losses at all but it also it's not an endless list of anything and even with Smith the recruiting class was flirting with like ratings nationally ranked like in the 40s or so and then when he leaves and the first round of decommits comes in that ranking plummets to like 125 and today even i don't know if the anderson and johnson and amarion york i don't think york was factored into it yet he for some reason wasn't on that list even after he tweeted and bray tweeted about him but <laughs> and I'm glad we're moving higher, but at least for a moment, I was happy to see that our rating was paused, nationally ranked at 69. Noise. Noise. Uh, <laughs> which isn't 40. It's not 35. And I do think that had Smith kept going with the momentum he had, would have been able to crank out top 30 classes to Corvallis, which is a part of the reason why the like the leaving hurts. But like for the program to replace him with Bray and then you kind of withstand that first week of things just being really bad but then almost instantly turn it around to have all this positive momentum I think we talked about it when Van Wells and Anthony Hankerson I think were the first two transfers and then we had gotten a couple new high school commits at first and we came on this pod and we're like all right let's everyone we need to take breaths and also just whether it's the most exciting transfer in the world or not, incoming momentum of any degree is a good sign. Like you want at least people showing signs of life and wanting to be here given the situation we're in. And now it's gone to the point where it's not just people wanting to come to Oregon State. It's really highly rated, really talented, really exciting young student athletes who are coming and sounds super excited about it and i mean i read greg biggins is of a the national recruiting guy for 24 7 sports reaction piece to jordan anderson today and like it wasn't just like 
puffy like oh i came here because the coaches are cool and the campus is nice and they connected with my family like he kind of goes in depth about how he and gundy and hinson under bray want to run this offense and the plans that they have for him so they've really within a few weeks have done a phenomenal job and i'm not just trying to grandstand and be homers for the program here Think of how sad we were the day after the Civil War game. Yeah. We're so excited about this team right now. And it's not just us like looking at it to be like, oh, this is just the latest two-star that Riley is going to shine up and turn into a stud. That was always grasping at straws, even though sometimes it did work. Jordan Anderson had a Georgia offer. He had a Washington offer. He had a Michigan offer. Yeah. UCLA, he had so many good offers. (laughs) And I know that happened. Decommitted from Oregon has a has a rated four star recruit ever decommitted from Oregon and gone to Oregon State. I think that's never happened. No. I would guess it's never happened. Maybe I'm wrong. If you know that I'm wrong, and there's a person, let us know in the comments. Send us a DM. Hit us up on Twitter. We know you guys will. But like, just the momentum of incoming talent. Yep is something that's usually reserved for like the next like months down the line. And you maybe have to sacrifice a season to really like get it going. Like this well, coaching staff and this program is being like heel turn. Excited. Yeah, we back. We it's, back. It's Dude, incredible. It, it, it like I'm trying to temper down my excitement a little bit because it is a small sample size, but look like Oregon state, we we talked about it while it was going on. It was rock bottom after the Civil War. Rock bottom. Not only, I mean, we all lived it. We know what happened. But Oregon State's position in terms of their, what you would anticipate the desirability of kids to want to go to the program seems like it should be at kind of an all-time low, or at least a, a uh, all-time low in terms of like recent last 20 years i can't think of another time where oregon state was in a position where like a recruit would be incentivized to not come here brand new coach brand new coaching staff you have an offensive coordinator who hasn't been an offensive coordinator before you have a school that is in limbo in terms of are, are they going to be a power five school or are they going to be a group of five school like what's what's going to happen there an NIL collective that doesn't really compete with some of the national brands. And you just had the best two days of recruiting in school history. So, like so that is insane to me that, 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 that we're Both able to do on, that. The coaching, on major holidays. <laughs> right. The coaching Whipping staff, be slow. the coaching staff <laughs> is still developing relationships with each other and they're able to, to pull the, these two recruits. And it's not just these two recruits either. It's it's the plethora of talent that's coming into the program right now. And that's why I say, like, I think that these are the foundational pieces to something that is really special that's being built. Because if Bray can recruit like this, and not just Bray, but the entire coaching staff can recruit like this in sort of the state of affairs that Oregon State is in right now, what is it going to look like once there is more clarity and once the, it doesn't seem like the sky is falling for Oregon State in terms of the future? Like, 
let's say we land in a in a power five conference and we're we are in a st stable situation like what's Bray going to be able to do then it's it's just so exciting and such a stark change from where we were just a month ago and like that's the Bray hasn't even been in the position for a month it's been 28 yeah. days right. since he was announced as the head coach Remember so, when he was announced as the head coach and wasn't going to coach the bowl game, and people were like, "What is he going to be doing?" Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is what he's. This, this is, is what he's fucking doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah man. I gotta say too, they're definitely in my mind, and maybe I don't want to speak on you know behalf of you guys or other Beaver fans, but there was a bit of doubt in my mind about how Jonathan Smith would have been able to navigate through these waters. How yeah. he continued to recruit and build on the trend that he had built over the last few years with his recruiting classes. And, of course, when everything turned upside down and then even bringing Bray on board, as excited as that, as exciting as that was and as happy as I was about that hire, I still was wondering, like, well, now we're even in a deeper hole. <laughs> so, yeah. to me, really tough sledding for Bray. And, man, what they've been able to do – I don't know what they're selling these kids. I, I have, I mean, the the only explanation I can find, or not even find, but just really think, is that there's a simple character trait about the kind of kids who are teetering on success and brand recognition for themselves that don't want to roll up into this. Like now, you're just a pawn in this bigger brand. They want to make a name for themselves. They see Oregon State as a great opportunity to do so. They they appreciate the challenge. They're not afraid to back down from it. I mean, this kind of stuff, it's very clear. I mean, even Jordan with his, after he announced it, saying like the create your own wave instead of hopping in one, like that kind of mentality, I think, is going to permeate college athletics, especially college football, more and more and more as NIL and building your own brand matters more than almost anything else. And mm -hmm. it used to be join the brand, get recognized because you have the gear, right? Like if someone saw you in the airport and you're wearing a, like a USC jacket, player jacket, like immediate recognition. But that's all you really ever got unless you were like the Matt Leinerts or Reggie Bush. Right. Like you, yeah. you didn't, you couldn't build your own brand beyond that. No one remembers like anybody else who played for USC, like nobody. So nowadays you want to build your own brand in parallel with the brand that you associate with. So it's like I, Jordan probably sees this as a great opportunity. Like I can be a big name at this school doing really incredible stuff. And I believe that it, it's almost this like symmetrical relationship where I can help the school do incredible things and be and and get out from this like t you know tumultuous time and then by doing so I'll I wouldn't probably ever be overshadowed by the Oregon State brand if I was trying to continue to brand myself for NIL opportunities and anything you know post college so yeah I I I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a position that these coaches are looking at or selling and then the the yeah. players that are biting are the ones that or like, hell yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I think I've been trying to wrap my head around how they're how they're going after these kids. Like what what are they selling to them? Because it's not playing time, right? It's 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 not the like putting them on a stage 
that they wouldn't be on at, at another bigger branded school because Oregon State's always had that. We, like four-star recruits are few and far between at Oregon State. And we don't even know what what channel is going to be broadcasting Oregon State's home game. So you can't say that it's about putting them on a bigger stage or giving them playing time, right? So there is something that this coaching staff is selling these kids on that is working in a way that I don't think it was working even with Jonathan Smith. Like Jonathan Smith, you're right, Terry. Like he had some good recruiting classes. But I think that if you listen to what like Ryan Harlan was saying uh, during the spaces for Belichmas about sort of Bray's intensity and how everyone pays attention when he walks into a room and and he he walks a sort of fine line of being somebody who's approachable, but someone who who commands the room. I mean, that's what you want in a coach, right? Like that's what you want in a coach. And 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 maybe maybe it's that is like he shines where other college football coaches don't in terms of how he's how he's able to talk to these kids and relate to these kids and excite these kids in their living rooms. I, I don't know, but there's something that's clearly being sold right. to these kids that hasn't in, in the real, past with other real coaches. quick, Terry. I said this at uh, the comment on this and, and it's, I don't want to keep bringing them up, but it's funny because I thought about this today, about the in, being in the living rooms, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking I Bray must be really selling really well, building relationships, building trust. And I was, I haven't seen like a, you know, home visit picture pop up yet. And you used to see them a lot more often than you do now. Right. But I recall there was a long period of time where I was not sure if, the home visits that Jonathan Smith was photographed in, if he was actually there or if it was like a Photoshop or a cardboard cutout, because it was like the same forced <laughs> happy pose in every right, single every picture. Time. And I went back and looked just today. I literally looked on Twitter today. I looked up Jonathan Smith visit and looked at the photos and they're all actually like a couple years old. And of course it's kind of interesting to look back at some of the prospects that, that he had visited with who did commit, who didn't blah, blah, blah. But right. uh, yeah, well, I don't know all the poses yeah. were exactly the same and looked like, he, I mean, for, he could have been furniture in the house. That's how much he blended in. It was so boring. Oh, that's a, that's a terrifying Christmas decoration. I, I've, I've seen some home visits, but not any with Bray specifically. Like I've seen home visits with assistant coaches yeah. um, that have been, then been posted. And I mean, I think those, <laughs> Not to defend Jonathan Smith, I do think those photos look awkward by every program that posts them, <laughs> um, especially when it's Christmas time and it's like in front of the tree with this man who tried to get me to come play for his football team. That's but go look oh, at his pose kind of in every single They're picture. Weird. Exactly his, his, like, his, his pose his was like... weird. He did not. He did not have <laughs> that same charisma. <laughs> yeah, I don't, on the Smith thing, it's like. Every data point up until we knew he was gone for sure made me believe in, in him and his approach to recruiting, but clearly he wasn't made for navigating these waters that we were being forced into uh, after the Pac-12 contract runs out. So I that you know i like i have there's there's no like oh like things would be so much better like beyond like knowing that we wouldn't have lost commits in like this recruiting class but i do think what i'm sure and like i think we've kind of talked about this and maybe trying to sell even ourselves and being excited in ways that i don't even think are wrong i think 
Bray is being very smart and the whole staff is being very smart about selling the opportunity. Like you look at the schedule next year and we don't know who's going to be the broadcast partners are. It's not the same like level of competition necessarily, but it's like, look at that schedule. You go undefeated with that schedule and you're the biggest story in college football. Like if Oregon state goes undefeated next year in this first year, post realignment chaos well it's still mid realignment chaos but post you know realignment death sentence essentially and flip what was a disadvantage into your own dramatic advantage that's storytelling 101 and like we hate to admit this but we know it's all true college football is a television show if you do make that run and you're in position to make the college football playoff that's one of the better stories in college football of the college football playoff era. If this team that got left for dead when Lee Corso said that nobody wants us slash nobody watches us, whatever the fuck he said, and you're in this position within your first year of being, you know, sent to the gallows and you flip it to be in the running, that's something people will remember forever. And so when, he's going with to these kids who are thinking about, you know, these other schools, whether it be big 10, big 12 or whatever, I think you can sort of paint the picture of here are the things standing in your way of really capturing and captivating a nationwide audience at Oregon state. I think there are fewer. And also that's not a pity thing either. Like we've got a lot of talent coming back. We've got the facilities. We've got a brand new stadium. We have a favorable schedule. You get to play at home seven times next year instead of six and we're ready and we can make this run right now and sit with a big fuck you to everybody and really turn this thing upside down. It wouldn't be that insane. Like, you just look at the rankings right now. Oregon State's about to play in the Sun Bowl at number 19 with a bunch of crazy shit that happened along the way. It's not impossible to imagine them as one of the 12 best teams or 12 highest-ranked teams in college football next year with the schedule that they're playing. Even if you do lose to, say, like one of those – I won't even mention a team. Say you lose one game. <laughs> but if you're 11-1 – or even 10 and two, like you're making a play for one of those top 12 spots. Yeah. And I do think that's what, because that means more money for everybody, more exposure for everybody. And if you get into that tournament, even no matter what you do after that, like you've already won, you've already won. You've already flipped off the entire establishment. You've already flipped off the traitorous 10. It's, it would be an incredible thing to be a part of. And I do think kids want to be a part of experiences like that because it's like, I don't know. I just, I spent this the afternoon today watching Minnesota in the quick lane bowl. And I had fun because bowl games are fun and stupid and like crazy things happen. And it was an enjoyable game, but I'm like, if I was a kid <laughs> trying to decide where I'm going to school next year. Yeah. This school is in the big 10. But what identity do they have and also what's standing in their way? It's zero identity and like 17 other teams that are going <laughs> to stop us from getting somewhere cool. And with Oregon State, you really you need to beat like two to three other teams, take care of business and just do you. And it's it's an opportunity that doesn't come around a lot. And I think the there's a certain type of kid 
that relishes that opportunity. And it sounds like Jabari, Jordan, and these other great prospects that have come in are relishing that opportunity. The players that are coming back relish that opportunity. We do need to start talking about the one football game we do have left this season. And I'm going to use this as a segue for that because I do want to tribute some of the players who we know we won't get to see anymore, whose eligibility is running out. But I want to live in the dreams and live in the clouds for a little bit longer because today I just had this thought occurred to me. I was just on a walk and I was just th- I was trying not even to think about sports, but I, you know, it's hard to do that. And I just, and I out loud, I'm walking by myself. I'm not talking. And out loud, I said, holy fuck, what if Silas comes back? <laughs> about I, that today too. I just got, not to pressure him at all, but like he can, he has an, an opportunity if he wants yeah. to. And, I, and then I started like arguing with myself about it. Be like, well, the draft's not, he, he's not getting the respect he deserves. Like if he comes back one more year and like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Silas, if you go pro, go on and do whatever. But I was just like, what if, what if Silas Bolden comes back? And then I just started, I just started playing fucking EA Sports NCAA football in my head with all of the weapons that we have next year. And we don't know if that's going to happen, if Silas is going to come back next year. But he could. And if he did, it would be awesome. But we do know he's playing in El Paso on Friday. We have a pretty good idea of everyone else who will be joining him. We have a released depth chart from from Oregon State that has a lot of uh, things that we expected. Obviously, Ben Gulbranson as the starting quarterback. Dom Montiel was named as the number two official backup for him for the bowl game. Other notable things just on the offensive line, we obviously know we're without the bookends of Joshua Gray and Talise Fuaga. It looks like Jacob Strand will be gating the start at left tackle, who started against Oregon in Gray's absence as well, and Tyler Moreno getting the start at right tackle, which is a significant even in a bowl game where both sides are missing a lot of their top players, seeing a good game out of those two at the tackle positions, I think will go a long way into determining what type of offensive line we'll have next year. Because I do think that is, that's the main question with the offense right now that I want to see answered in the coming months. We obviously have seen some incoming transfers on the offensive line and we've got some, we've got some young guns as well, but the young guns haven't gotten much chance to play on the offensive line because we've been so solid <laughs> up front. So I, I will be paying close attention to both Strand and Moreno at the tackle possessions. Inside, Miller will be at right guard, who has been there pretty much the whole season, as with Levin Good at center and Grant Stark at left guard. So the interior line should be great. It look, I think a lot of uh, a lot of Fenwick up the middle is going to be happening in this game. <laughs> and... Just as far as Notre Dame, I'm not a Notre Dame expert goes. It looks like most of their offense, most of their defense is playing and none of their offense is playing. So it might be another 3-0 Sun Bowl (laughs) featuring Oregon State. (laughs) Nice. But I got, and it's great to see guys like Silas playing. We'll get to see Jaden and Ryan Cooper Jr. And of course, our guy, Andrew Chatfield, for sure. Knowing a little bit more about our roster now and just thinking about Friday, who are you guys sort of either keeping your eye on with one eye on for this game with an eye towards the future 
or who are just particularly excited to see play uh, in this bowl game and try to end the season with a dub, uh, as we've done a couple times against one of uh, college football's flagship brands in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm so excited to see Benny G, Ben Goldbranson. And it's more so because how poetic the story would be if that was his swan song. And not just like, you know, tip of the cap to you, Ben, like you, you stuck it out all year. You know, you, you, you bought into your role and you didn't, you know, pout and transfer out and, and, you know, bash everyone on your way out. And honestly, like you had, you know, some opportunity that you, that I think most people would have accepted you to do that just because of how, you know, you weren't called upon the one last year, last season, and then you had been thrown into the fire. You go seven and one, we go to a bowl game, we win 10 games. You're the MVP of the bowl. And then of course, you probably at that point assumed there'd be a competition between you and, and the freshman and you weren't expecting there to be a five-star transfer, you know, thrown into the, into the ring. So you end up demoted down to what he threw one pass this year. And it was like for eight yards or something like, like that. So yeah. um, if he comes out firing and he stabilizes this offense, that's fairly patched together, I would say. That's that's an impressive feat. I would hope that he has a performance, and I'll be watching if he has a performance that puts him in a likely running for you know the bowl game MVP. And if so, I hope that the voters show a little bit of grace and do it for the storyline. I don't really care about <laughs> bowl game MVPs, but I just want it. I just want to see Bengal Branson right out into the sunset. Saving our program his, two seasons in a row. Last two starts would be two bowl game wins and two bowl game MVPs. Exactly. Exactly. In, and over a year between ratio. those starts. Incredible ratio. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's um, what I'm keeping yeah. an eye on. I know there's a lot of other like productivity based or future based storylines, but to me, like this, this is the Ben Branson game. Ben Bull Branson. Ben Bull Branson. Ben Bull Branson. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Benny. No, no, no. You go ahead, Terry. I was going to say, we get a good chance, uh, at least on the on the defensive side of the ball as well, what I wanted to shift to a little bit, just because at the linebacker position, we'll have young youngsters, Isaiah Chisholm and Melvin Jordan, playing at the inside linebacker spots, according to the depth chart. We got to see Jordan a little bit more than Chisholm this year, but Chisholm was a highly, uh, both were very highly regarded recruits coming in. So they will be getting plenty of uh, the spotlight in this game on defense, but also like Chatfield's going to play too. McCartan's going to play. Sione Lolohea is going to play. <laughs> James Rawls is going to play. Joe Golden's going to play. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see our defense get that challenge to line up against the, the golden domers. And then with the, the secondary should be in pretty, pretty good shape with everyone except Akili. So I, and Jermon McCoy, of course, as well, but I think we're going to be pretty strong on the defense side of the ball and just like a nice blend of guys who may not be back and have played, played a lot of great ball for, for, for Oregon state's defense, but also guys who have been good and are, 
young and have a, hopefully a long career in black and orange as well. So I think it'll be a nice mix of both of those things. I'll just yeah, a quick I, note. I, I bummed that we won't see Hodgins and uh, yes, it's really a bummer that uh, he won't get that final game. And I don't know why, what's the re- the reason behind it. Like it's not listed anywhere. I can't imagine he's sitting out for the NFL given his injury history. Maybe it's an injury that has just been lingering and he just can't go after this much time off. Maybe he's just doesn't want to play because he's, you know, trying to heal or maybe he's looking for a grad transfer situation, but not seeing him out there is a bummer. Cause I was hoping that we'd still get one more, one more Hodgins game. So I hope, hope everything's cool with him, but yeah, I'm a, I'm bummed as a fan to not see him out there. I'll tell you what, I'm not bummed about, and that is Chatfield playing. I don't think it's a surprise. I, I, that, that is going to be my X factor in the game. Like you said, Notre Dame is going to, they're on their like third string quarterback, right? I guess we are too. I think technically second string. Is it second string? Sam Hartman played almost every snap for them uh, this season. So, yeah. And, and Steve Angeli. Peanut butter and jelly time is the meme and gif that Notre Dame social media likes to use for that. So if we let him get loose, get ready for a lot of peanut butter and jelly references <laughs> on the timeline on Friday. I, I I think you're probably thinking along the right lines that it's primed up to be a relatively low scoring game. But Chatfield has been a game changer in a lot of games down the stretch the, at the end of the year for Oregon State. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he gets a touchdown in the Sun or Bowl. Or three. Or three <laughs> touchdowns in the Sun Bowl. I think, no, I think, I think Chatfield, yeah. there will be a play that will be a pivotal play that Chatfield will be a part of. But bowl games are weird, and this yep. is very – it could be a 50 to 48-point game as well. So you just never know with these games. I'm just excited to see Oregon State play in the Sun Bowl once again and play Notre Dame in a bowl game once again. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it also gives a chance for you know some of those players who may not have – seen a lot of the field uh, during the regular season to to get some snaps and it'll be fun to see those players and it will be in front of a sold out crowd as announced yeah. by the sun bowl about an hour ago yeah 100 awesome. sold out el paso shows out for the the community of el paso shows out for that game so that that's cool to see oh yeah jp i'm with you in the sadness about not seeing isaac hodgins one more time Hodgins is one of eight six-year seniors on this roster who have been here through the the entire Jonathan Smith era and now longer than Jonathan Smith was. And we remember the beginning of that era, and a lot of these kids came to Oregon State with very little promise to them or any guarantees of – what could happen on the field. And obviously there is a a pandemic that interrupted their careers and maybe put some of the progress on hold for a little bit. But I just want to make sure we take some time 
to give these eight young men their uh, shine. They've all, they're all guys who've been mentioned on this podcast before, but for this game, they are Josiah Irish, Riley Sharp, Jaden Robinson, John McCartan, Katano Ladapo, Jake Levengood, Isaac Hodgins, and Reha Minyagi, six-year seniors. So when you're excited about the future of Oregon State football and you're like, oh, man, we used to be – we were so bad at that one point. It's so much fun that we're here. Remember that these guys were in the trenches daily for six years to get us to this point. I'm so happy for all of them for their incredible careers that they've had and so grateful for all of them. It With some of them, it feels like they just got here, but it's been six years. Yeah. <laughs> and they were – part of that 2018 team that went out there and went two and 10 coming off of a year where was unquestionably the worst team in power five football. So a lot, all the credit in the world is, is due to everyone who strapped on the pads during that time, just to help move the needle just a little bit to get Oregon state football to where it is now. But those eight guys, man, every one of them has had a moment. Every one of them has helped us win a big game and we know Hodge can't play on uh, on Friday. Kelvin Hart Jr., who's he, this was his only one year in the program, but he's out of eligibility and also won't be playing on Friday. But yeah, just when you see the other seven guys out there playing their ass off, you know, soak it all in and extend a thought, a prayer, a vibe, a wish, or whatever, or or more. I think you can still <laughs> damnation collective will happily take your donation on behalf of any Oregon state athlete. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just what this team has been through and thinking back to where it was. Yeah. It was yeah. so bad. Yeah. And they, none of them had to stay with it this long and they all did. And all those guys are amazing. And are speaking of this long beavers. I think to put it into perspective, and this might make it a little more real for people to understand. So Isaac Hodgins is just over a year younger to the day from Isaiah Hodgins. <laughs> Isaiah, wow. Isaiah the league. freshman year was 2017. Isaac's year was 2018. So think about how long <laughs> it's felt that Isaiah Hodgins has been in the league. Yes, he didn't go all four years, let alone six. But just, like, think about that. I mean, that that feels like an eternity ago that Isaac Hodgins right. was even a sophomore. Or Isaiah Hodgins even yeah. a sophomore on our team, let alone right. uh, Isaac Hodgins joining him on the team. But it's, yeah, that really... It makes you feel like, yeah, because now it's almost like Isaiah Hodgins, Isaac's older brother, right? It's just kind of the way you think of it. He's in the league. Isaac's still in school. But, yeah, it's they're just 370 days apart for their birthdays. So, um, Jeez. Yeah. The, well, the timeline of the COVID years makes everything very odd, as Terry likes to recall. But, I, yeah, I, it's I pretty wild. it's... I think it's important to call these guys out even more now than ever, just with the landscape of college football, where like, I think we all agree that, you know, kids have the right to go wherever they want, go be great wherever they want, chase whatever dream that they have. 
But at the same time, it also feels like loyalty is kind of at, at a premium right now and, and is at least the feeling is that loyalty is harder to come by right now. So you have players that not only stuck it out for six years with the program, but stuck it out for six years where a number of those years were were not probably the most fun years of, of playing football. <laughs> so, you know, huge shout no? out to those to those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've never been on a two and 10 team before, but I, I can't imagine it's as fun as what last year was. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the this was a program that needed to be picked up by the bootstraps and, and, and you know, w- willed itself back into relevance. And, and these are the players that, you know, did that. So, you know, a lot of gratitude is, is owed to these, these gentlemen. Absolutely. Predictions for friday we don't we don't have a preseason prediction to bring up here as none of us predicted an oregon state notre dame sun bowl but fresh fresh off the dome benny let's start with you yeah if if um, chatfield gets one touchdown that's (laughs) at least more points than the 2008 sun bowl (laughs) (laughs) what what are the other point totals i think this is a 13 to 10 Oregon State win. Yeah. 13 to 10 Oregon State win. Chatfield with the touchdown and add two field goals onto that. 13 to 10. Not a 42 to 14. How could you I not? I don't think the... it's going to be that high score. <laughs> but now that I didn't pick it, that probably will happen. That's going to be the score of uh, the Oregon State versus Oregon women's basketball game on uh, Saturday. <laughs> At the end of the <laughs> or first Sunday, quarter. yeah. If you, yeah, if you did like try to find the lowest common denominator of the forty-two to fourteen, I think it would probably be what six to two. Oh, ooh, okay, yeah. Mm. You can, that'd be like the the mini we hage. The mini we the full we hage. Yeah. yeah, six to two. Okay. So like twelve to four. Couldn't I like six to two. We'll let we'll let you keep thirteen to ten. Wait, Ben JP, are you predicting six to two? Yeah. How how does the six cut is it three safeties? Is it two field goals or is it one touchdown? Don't put that kind of pressure on me. I would say three safeties to one safety would be the greatest bowl game of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for four safeties. <laughs> would that be a that would be a scoregami six to two? That that would have to Ooh, be a scoregami. I mean, I maybe 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 in college. For college, yeah, college has a pretty. Long but I'm looking at I'm actually looking at scoregami right now, and the last six to two game uh, in the NFL at least were was the Dallas Cowboys six. And the Cleveland Browns too, and that was December twelfth, nineteen seventy. The first six to two, the original scoregami for that score was the Green Bay Packers six, the Chicago Bears two, November first, nineteen thirty one. Oh Ooh, wow, both those teams. Oh, no those, one cares. Great about, Depression games. No one cares about nineteen thirty one football games. Yeah, that who? was the one game that was played that year, and the Green Bay Packers claimed a world championship off of it. That's how <laughs> fucking lame that is. Um, I'm going to say 22 to 16 Beavers win. 
So I'm I'm going crazy with the points here. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Benny. I don't know how we'll get to 22, but I think uh, Benny connects on at least one. And yeah, I'd say the the if the defense doesn't get a touchdown itself, I'd say it puts us in a in position to get a, with a real a touchdown off of a really short field. For what it's worth, six to two game in college football has not happened in the last fourteen years. In the last time it was, it was October third, two thousand nine, Bryant six. Wagner too. That just seems like two dudes who decided to play football in I some smoked pot with, with Brian and Wagner. <laughs> with Bryant Wagner. But 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 there there's another six to two uh scorigami that was the what sixth sixth time ago scorigami way back in nineteen sixty one. Can anyone guess? Oregon State six, Oregon two. That is correct. What Wow, let's go! Yeah, that that yep. was a, that was a guess, but that was the many <laughs> we age back in November twenty fifth, nineteen sixty one. Great, are you going to change your prediction now, See, Benny? Everyone cares Ooh. about games in nineteen sixty one. Nineteen thirty one sucked ass, but nineteen sixty one football was real. Damn it! There's only been two <laughs> six to twos though since nineteen sixty seven, and that's your sinus, your your sinus, <laughs> your, your sinus. Your, your sinus, your six, LaSalle two, and then Bryant and Wagner, those two those two bros playing football out in the the frat yard. <laughs> Bryant They've had a Pee Wee football game and six to two. That's one of those things. Yeah. What's your what's your prediction? Six to two? My Benny? prediction? Thirteen no, to ten. Terry. Twenty two oh, to twenty two to sixteen is oh, okay. So yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, should I write these down? Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm right, what do I get? Wait, you said a 6-2 win, right, JP? And yes. Can I would not say a 6-2 <laughs> loss. We've never been on the receiving end of a 6-2 loss before. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. We only win 6-2. Yeah. Win at 6-2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Oregon, Oregon has zero wins. When uh, the <laughs> final score is six to That's two. That's what the logo stands for. Zero <laughs> wins by scores of six to two since <laughs> 1876 or whenever that fucking school started. While we're on predictions, and I know this is going back, but I think Oregon State has a better chance of making the playoffs next year than any of the schools that are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. Unbiasedly, I do. <laughs> yeah. Unbiasedly and totally correctly, I think this. <laughs> There's no change in my mind. I have nothing factual <laughs> to base this assessment on. I, I just would, have a hunch. The the only thing <laughs> I, I have, have a hunch. Yeah. <laughs> I have a completely correct hunch that I'd like to share with you all. <laughs> uh, I I think that's fair. I mean. Yeah, USC and UCLA probably aren't going to be that good next year. No. And the path for both Washington and Oregon and it being, you know, the first year of this travel. I know they're saying it doesn't matter for football. Oh, God, I think it, it is. does. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see. And I, I haven't looked deeply enough at their schedules yet. I will as we get closer. But I know they they both play each other again. 
and Oregon plays us, which yeah. we're really going to want to fucking win. I mean, Washington, Washington upset plays about Washington making State that deal now at Lumen Field. Like <laughs> th- those aren't going to be easy games no. for for anybody. So yeah, I think. When did they um, play Washington at Lumen Field? I'm going to that game. This is the part of the podcast where we look things up. Give me one I'm second. Gonna... Talk, talk, for, make... talk for 15 seconds. Whoa. I'm just going to make so many Husky fans cry. And, oh, I here's a question. I Just real it's easy same, answer. It's the same day we play Oregon. It's Saturday, September 14th. Ah, fuck. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to do that again. Uh, who are well, you, you guys cheering for? <laughs> Wait, who, who, who are we cheering for and what? Who, who are you guys cheering for, Texas or Washington? No one. Because here's... Here's no. Nope. Why here's, you, here's the dilemma. Here's the dilemma. Get me and JP here's, yelling at each other again. No, 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 no. Here's the dilemma, and this is the only thing. Maybe I should just ask this question: If Washington wins the national championship, Oregon State and Washington State get more money. Am I am I correct in that assessment? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. not. Yeah. I mean, we more, but not all of it. But yes, more no. than the the purse of the what they're forfeiting for the would, yeah revenues this okay. year. Which I I honestly would be fine with. Like, I mean, fuck Washington for ever. It would be sick to imagine the president and provost and. <laughs> chancellors and dignitaries and assholes at the university of washington oh especially the president celebrating her yeah Yeah. a a lot of husky fans hate her too (laughs) um i've been like trying to like start shit and i i can't because uh like i know dude (laughs) she's terrible yeah fuck she is she is terrible who am i cheering for i'm not cheering i don't care Texas uh, is the right answer. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> this was <laughs> Benny trying to set up money ain't shit segment, <laughs> and we didn't respond with enough enthusiasm. I wasn't sure but, how I was going to actually – I wasn't sure what my answer was until I heard you guys talking about it. But Texas is the right answer. Okay. Yeah. Who are you cheering have... for in Alabama and Michigan, Benny? Oh, I don't care. I will watch, and I just want to see good football games and be entertained on New Year's Day, but I will not lose sleep either way. Hey, because I'd like to talk about something I actually care about. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. That I'm just kidding. This, this normally but very I, I, focused, I, I styled have... in podcast. Yes. Yeah, you guys want to know how focused and dialed in? You want to know how focused and dialed in I've been? I've been looking up more college football scoregamis for Oregon State. Guess how many times <laughs> we've had? We've been on the winning end of a full we age all time. Uh, seven. Terry, how many? All time. Yeah. Forty-two. One. What? We've only won 42 to 14 <laughs> once. Against yeah. who? Iowa. And Fuck yeah. the, <laughs> but yes. this, is where, this is where it gets we very fun. We gave up 14 points to Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 19... Noise. 69. Yeah. Wait, for the Liberty Bowl, right? No, because this was September 20th, 1969. Oh, season game. Oregon State forty two, um, Iowa fourteen. We have been on the res- nice. on the losing end of the Foley Hage twice, and that was 
1980 against Arizona, and of course 2006 against Boise State. Ah, God, I remember that game. That's yeah. interesting. My parent, my parents live like 45 minutes away from Kinnick Stadium at the University of Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, and then it's called the I full wheat age, and it there. happened in '69. Can it get any more meta? <laughs> <laughs> Only and if Benny it happened is still on your birthday. Keep predicting forty-two to fourteen. Yeah. Only if it happened on your birthday three days if, early. Yeah, oh, three no days kidding. early. That would have been. Wait, what did we beat? We beat Notre Dame forty-one to, to nine. nine. Yeah. In the Fiesta Bowl, I think that was 41 to 9. Yep. Yep. It was. Uh, mm. That was the only game where we scored that ended in 41 to 9 for Oregon State. That was a scoregami oh. for Oregon State. You know, I'm going to change mine, my prediction, oh my to 41 to 9. <laughs> 41 You're to 9. Changing your prediction. From thirteen to ten to forty-one <laughs> to nine. Yeah, there were a couple of of other facts that I didn't take into consideration oh, yeah. before I made yeah. that pick. Yeah, yeah, right. like scoregamis. Those, yeah, those are important. Punches. Yeah. <laughs> ben Ben just looked at like, oh no, Flavio Gonzalez is the backup left tackle. I didn't know that. Forty-one to nine. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. You should have read the second string uh, offensive line, Terry. What are you doing? <laughs> Why don't we save everything else for next week? I think all of this is evergreen content, right, JP? I think you're right. This is a good <laughs> Sun Bowl heavy episode. Shouts hey, I'm just to... I'm just gonna ask. I'm gonna ask for one five second request because I never do play. Bit, bitch better have my money by Rihanna. And shout out shout out to all the other 10 traitorous schools. This oh, one's for you. Love it. Yes. Hit it. Good. Good. <laughs> Hit, it. Hit it. Yes. We're totally listening to it right now. We can hear it while talking to each other. Because that's how this works. Uh, we talked about that a bit last episode, I'm pretty sure. And we talked about it a ton during Belligimus. So I think yeah. the the fans listeners and fans alike i know some people hate listen to this show and that's okay their their numbers count the same and... i hate you guys but i'm listening they can't stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> who was that guy that that hated us but we we charles uh, the shout out charles, charles. Yeah, charles shout out on charles. youtube the funniest part about that whole rant he had was that he was consuming all of the episodes on youtube which no one does now that, they audio. Know that we had him on YouTube for a now while. Now they do. My favorite now it's like part it's was growing. He nice. described us as Beavis and Butthead, Dumb and Dumber, do conference realignment, of, realignment sort of, but only after smoking, parentheses, some pretty good, unparentheses, pot on the way, on, on the way to realization. <laughs> it was like a lot of nonsense. But also lots of a lot of fun. Yeah, but all fun. Lots of plus, foolishness. Plus, plus some the great plus. ideas. And in, plus, plus, plus some great ideas and insight, too. I never <laughs> thought I'd turn around someone who called us all like brain dead idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and it, his comments started on like the 31st YouTube episode and ended yeah. on like the 60th. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just like. Upon re listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 
Streaming is going Start to be podcast oh, no. kids because he'll make friends in all kinds of weird places. I like these comments. He goes approximately to 18 minutes. Conference realignment talk sort of starts. Maybe edit. Nope. <laughs> Spoke too soon. <laughs> skipped He's ahead to 32. Commenting. <laughs> yes. Skipped ahead to 32:15. Maybe they might be talking about college football conference realignment. Maybe that's still not clear. Nope. Maybe 34 minutes is the start, but still maybe not. Approximately 36 minutes. They get into bullshit brand values. Total BS as the media rights deals bear out. 40, 44-20. If the Pac-12 wants to survive, then they don't say anything for minutes later. <laughs> Man, that is our podcast in a nutshell. Bees are reading the minutes from Pac-12 board meetings before it all fell apart. Who knows the difference? Yeah, here's the other one. Looking like one and a half hours of mostly nonsense other than potential for global branding feature. Really like that idea for potential. And why not? Basketball is taking over globally. We were saying how like Apple or Amazon could bring the Pac-12 global. Oh, my God. other positive reviews published or readable i only want what this guy had to say because he's he also called brilliant. him george Kleovcock. <laughs> <laughs> charles if you're listening to this hit us up oh. on in our dms no only i, I want to buy I you i only want to hear from him on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i want to buy you a beer very, I want very to badly. buy you several beers. It's been 122 episodes of this, and we never thought of George Kleofcock, and this guy did. <laughs> <laughs> we are washed. We're done. This is the last episode. We didn't think Follow of that Follow Charles Malloy for more Charles. fun quips. Uh, isn't he a lawyer, too? Uh, if Bodie yeah. the Boat, Boat Face already wasn't our lawyer on retainer. We'd have yeah. to hire him, Charles Malloy. He's Wait, an is experience. it Malloy what that really bad liquor from Chicago is called? No, or is that that's, Malort? That's Malort. Malort. Mm. Right. Well, I found Ed, Charles. Ed, Ed Malloy if, is the name of a really bad Timberwolves referee one time. And he yeah. fucked over, or a really bad NBA referee. And yeah. He really fucked over the Timberwolves in one game. And uh, I forget what stadium the Timberwolves were playing at, but it was one where the radio guys were like on the scorer's table and not up in the stand like they are at like some stadiums. And um, Alan Hoare and the Timberwolves radio guy was just like, that's, ah, that's ridiculous. That's a, a terrible call. Ah, Malloy! <laughs> and so whenever that guy gets a Timberwolves game, the fans just, like, shout Malloy the whole time. Uh, <laughs> and he loves it because he is a dick, and he looks like a cartoon Bond villain with a really long neck, and I hate him. But I very much like the look of Charles Malloy, our biggest yeah. fan on YouTube. You know what's funny is no wonder he knew that we were dumb and dumber, Beavis and Butthead, smoking some really good pot, according to him, because he's a, a battle-tested Texas trial lawyer and attorney at law and handles a wide variety of legal matters, including, but not limited to, of course he's got to have that, and this is in his YouTube bio, but not limited to, DWI, <laughs> driving while intoxicated, intoxication, manslaughter, and other criminal cases, including a bunch of other things. Well, like That's not his YouTube. Like, it's fucking, like video LinkedIn or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case someone clicks on my profile after I've commented on their YouTube videos. 
<laughs> he, maybe he was yeah, just no fishing for people, unturned. yeah, who who were seemingly yeah. intoxicated, and he can plant the seed. Clearly, need representation for yeah. getting in trouble while intoxicated. They're about <laughs> to do it now. Guys, the FCC is moments away from sending you a really stern email. Please hit me up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, shouts to the Oregon State women's basketball team, which is still undefeated after an impressive win over Texas Tech and Hawaii. They are 10-0 and and finally receiving some votes in the AP poll. Finally. They're not ranked in the AP poll yet, but they're at least receiving votes. God damn it. By the next time we talk... It will be 2024, and Oregon State women's basketball will be ranked 24 or higher. Yeah, uh, they host Morgan State. Mm, Morgan, Morgan State. Morgan State. Morgan State. It's like Oregon State, but with an M. It's kind of like uh, mm. on, somebody on was Thursday. like, "Hey, you want to go to Oregon State?" And they're like, mm, "Morgan State," mm-hmm. and then they're like, "You want to go to Morgan State?" Okay, sold. Somebody showed up there like. And what then they host, oh no, Oregon, <laughs> which is not like Oregon State with an M. Like Morgan State, but sucky. So the opposite of Oregon State. Yeah. At Gill on New Year's Eve. So lots of chances to get to Gill. Men's basketball finally gets his blowout victory. They blasted Idaho State by 19 points at Gill the other night. Uh, Benny mistakenly reported it as a complete <laughs> sellout. It looked like uh, it. Live on, live on Villagemas. It did not look like it. The it looked like of it a from game the screenshot that, that I the saw. The screenshot of a game, a game that was a sellout years ago <laughs> looked like it. <laughs> but they I still was, won. I was fooled. I was bamboozled. They still <laughs> won. They still won. And they are still undefeated at Gill. It was a, what something that was true about that game. It was the third 25-point game for... All American, all universe Jordan Pope this season. And they also will be at Gill this week. They host the LA schools, UCLA and USC at Gill. Traders. So, four opportunities to get to Gill and get some Gill dogs and some Gill beers and some Gill holiday fun. And, uh, yeah, if you go to either the USC or UCLA game, let those, uh, let those traders know. Yeah. Boo. Boo yeah. loud. Boo, fucking boo. Boo this man. I hope to see a sold-out crowd on the Oregon Live <laughs> it's thumbnail. It's going to be packed to the rafters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like It last really time. should, though. Like, I, like, we talked about it on our spaces, but I, we have to reiterate on this episode that this team has some fight. Like, they're not quitting they're not on games. Yeah. And even if they're close ones that are frustrating, they're still battling so show them some support i would love to try to make it down there for one of these games but i don't know if it's going to be in the cards but if you are in corvallis if you're there over break if you're a student if you live nearby and it's a you know a quick drive to and from for a later evening game get out there and, and yeah show them some support because they're trying to fill gill semi fill gill kind of fill gill well, they've got like five games. They're on a five-game win streak. Like, they're definitely showing out what yeah. they can do. So yeah. That's a winning streak. Yeah. That's a winning streak. And we're still going to be here to ride for men's basketball. We're starting to get negative comments on all the social media channels about us being positive about men's basketball. And sorry for finding happiness in this shit 
douchebags. But Oregon State men's basketball is winning games right now. They're doing a great job. Jordan Pope is him. Coach Bubba is the shit. We love Coach Bubba. Shout out Marla. And also shout out him. Also <laughs> her. Well, Marla her. Marla. <laughs> she is her. Shout out to her and shout out to him. And yeah, it's just fun. It's fun right now. They might yeah. lose the next ten games in a row. They might win the next ten games in a row. I think we're gonna or beat UCLA. Do something in between. I UCLA hope we beat looked UCLA. God too. awful. They've, they've looked, looked god yeah, awful. They've been sluggish as shit. Yeah, like those. They're Nick they're Cronin not winning their this. close games. That they they look like us. And like we are last year, two years ago. We are. They're on a four game. They're on a four game skid right now. About to be five yeah. or six. The SC matches. We're about to. We're about to make Bronny look like he's Darko Milicek. That's another reason. Just get out there. I mean, I, how often <laughs> are you going to say you're going to see Bronny James get shut down and kill? Yeah. This yeah. is your only chance. Yeah. Hashtag Dex to NBA. We went to go see James Harden get shut down at Gill, and that was probably the best time I've ever had at a basketball game. So get out there. Yeah. 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 We also shouted obscenities about Nick Young's mohawk that he did not appreciate that, when uh, Swaggy yeah. P he was got at shut down at yeah. Gill. That fuck Bobby got <laughs> shut down. <laughs> For four quarters, or for, yeah, essentially for the uh, the for more regulation. Than 40 minutes, bro. Yeah, <laughs> all of regulation until the last second. Now I'm, and now then I'm the last second. Yeah, he played for <laughs> Yale, didn't he? No, no he Montana, was at like Montana State. State. Oh, Montana State. Yeah, yeah, Montana yeah. State game. Yale was the Yale. next game after that. Yeah, Yale game. Bobby. Oh, that Yale Frickin game Bobby. was rough. The Yale game was my first game as the reporter for the Daily Barometer. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. It was my fault. Probably. I'm sorry, Coach Robinson. My presence ruined it. <laughs> my preview ruined it. Probably. Was this anyway, Bobby Howard? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. There have been like 100 Bobby Howard. It was like the whitest name ever. Yeah, Bobby Howard sounds. He ended up on all Big Sky first team. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. yeah. Big Sky, big man. Yeah. Big shot. I thought he was gonna, I thought he was going to wait for me behind the Guild dumpster where I used to hide my beer Ooh. so I can have one at halftime or on the walk home. Oh, yeah. Before they sold beer at Gill. He did not like you. No. <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. He gave me the throat slit. Justified. Yeah. The double-handed double, throat double, slit. Double-handed yeah. throat slit. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not Reggie uh. Miller. Sit down. <laughs> he was in that moment. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was. was in that moment. Oh, Which means that he, JP was Spike Lee. He's he, the uh, was, that was... assistant basketball coach for Alaska. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't seen the sun in like three months at this point. Or has only seen the sun. Is that yeah. this time of year? No. Uh, no, that's summer. That's 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 yeah. summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that make that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm curious. I was like, when's the midnight sun game for baseball? Oh yeah. Probably not December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Look at that. Another incredible episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. We did it again. We no did it again. again. No critiques. Just five stars. Five stars only. Everyone loved it. Uh, like, listen to how happy all of the listeners five are. Five right only now. stars. Five only fans. 
Yeah. Give us five stars on OnlyFans, please. Um, and then also subscribe for $1,000 a month. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have an OnlyFans. Take that $1,000 and give it to Damnation and I yeah. left if they're doing good work. Please. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in to this 122nd episode of the Belligerent Beefs Podcast. If this is your first time here, fucking welcome. Shout out to you. Specific shout out to you. We like you the best. We like you better than all of the rest. You are our favorite. We say we don't play favorites, but if this is your first time listening to this show and you made it this far in the episode, you, person, in your car, during your workout, wherever you are right now, you are our favorite. We like you better than we like everyone else. That's pretty cool. Better than we like each other, at least. Better than we, for sure, facts. Than we like each other. Facts. Hard facts. So if that is you, why not give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast? Whether that be Apple, Spotify, somewhere else, Google. Man, Spotify's blowing up. Spotify's going crazy with the podcast. And also, please recommend the show with a friend. Like, take a like a share or a screenshot or like just a copy link of the episode right now and list literally text it directly to somebody right now and be like, "Hey, listen to this shit." Yeah. You'll be like, "Okay, what is it? Don't worry about it." It's the perfect thing to send to those scam artists that text you like, hey, are we still doing dinner? Or like, is this listen to this? (laughs) Listen to this right now, or I will come over to your house and fight you in front of your family. Text those words and those words exactly. Uh, And then all of your dreams will come true. Get all the scammers off your back. It really helps us grow the show a lot. (laughs) Um, My name is is and has and will be Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Terrence Horseman at Instagram.com. Joined, as always, by my beloved co-host in Tacoma, the new hub of incredible four-star and five-star talent. What? Tacoma, what? Washington, Tacoma, Mockingbird, Tacoma, Ben, Benjamin, Lawrence, Sebastian, Weehage, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff, a.k.a. Benny Bull Game, but not at this Bull Game, but every other Bull Game, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks, a.k.a. Benny Burner, a.k.a. Benny Blastoff, and a.k.a. at Benny L1986 on all of your social media channels, except OnlyFans. Are you going to do an OnlyFans? Is that your New Year's resolution in, in 2024? Money's tight, maybe. All right. You, you, yeah. In this, in this economy? OnlyFans, maybe. In this economy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Is that the and, slogan for 2024? In this economy? In this economy? Who knows? Dot, dot, dot. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and in Portland, the man steering the ship on the ones and twos, J.P. Bertram at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. Uh, he is at the Trio J on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's at the underscore Trio underscore J because he is too Trio to be real. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind all of the Oregon State Belligerent Beeves Bray area merch and more that you can find at belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Check it out, belligerentbeeves.com. Follow the show on X, formerly known as Twitter, at belligerentbeeves on Instagram, at belligerentbeeves. Also on Facebook, also on TikTok, also and especially on YouTube, on Blue Sky, on MySpace, on Friendster, on a in partnership with Betsy on Etsy and every other social media channel that has ever existed or will exist. We're like deep, deep on Reddit. 
on the dating app that's just for Star Wars nerds, on OnlyFans and especially fans and maybe fans in this economy, maybe fans and and Fandango. Huge on Fandango mm. with lots of good movies coming out now. So Belligerent Beeves slash Fandango. Hit us up. And you are? I already said mine. Oh, <laughs> oh. you already said yours. What are we, what are we waiting on? <laughs> yeah. We're waiting on me saying thank you for rocking with us for this whole year, this whole calendar year. It's 2023 for only a few more days. Enjoy the Sun Bowl. Have a safe, especially, but also very fun, healthy, and happy New Year's with you and yours, Beaver fam. And just one more time, thanks so much for rocking with us this year and always. This, as much shit that sucked this year, God damn it, it was still a lot of fun. And we'll be back here recording the first week of the new year, 2024. We got a lot of shit planned for 2024. Hell yeah. Lots. We're deep into our diabolical plan folders. We are deep into New Year's resolutions. We'll talk about them next week. Benny, that means get some New Year's resolutions in the next few few, few days. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, get some resolutions you can stick to the next few days. JP always comes correct on the New Year's resolutions, so he'll be fine. Stu, though, we'll 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 put some prep in over the next week or so. Enjoy the Sun Bowl. Enjoy the historic forty-one to nine victory against Notre Dame for the second time, according to Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian. Six to two, or six to two. As you count down to New Year's, hope you have someone to kiss. And if not, I hope you find someone to kiss consensually, of course, and ring in the new year with style and substance and grace. Style and grace. All up in the place. (laughs) Filled with Beaver fans only. Thank you so much, Beaver fam. We'll see you again next year. JP, please play with five more seconds of the New Year's song. Auld Lang sing or whatever <laughs> I, I want it playing while we go out into dark at this point in the episode hopefully in conjunction with the end credits music remember beaver fam at this time of the year another year down another year still to come no matter how try how hard they try to knock us down we get back up and they still can't spell chop them without hope so chop them chop them it's 2023 so chop them happy new year everybody and a belated yet belligerent merry christmas you filthy animals